So welcome to everyone and thanks for joining us for today's Better Agent series and um, a big welcome to Josh Cobb. Hi, how are you going? So um, for those that don't know you, Josh, from my perspective, I've been following um, and enjoying the content and the work that you guys do. Um, it's fantastic, but mostly, you know, you cover and, you know, I'll let you explain who you are in a sec, but digital strategy, web design, and all things content and brand. Um, do you mind just giving us a bit of background on who you are and what you do and what steps do? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having us, Sean. And I know uh, you guys are doing some uh, great work over there. So I just wanted to, first of all, say thanks for having me and congratulations on, on everything that you guys are doing. Uh, when it comes to um, our story, I um, my background is actually not in real estate. I started my uh, I guess working career as a musician back when I left high school and I was a drummer in a band. I traveled around the country. Uh, I had a lot more hair back then. Um, <laughs> and uh, it turns out you need a little bit of talent to be a musician, Sean. So um, that, that wasn't for me, that career, but uh, it taught me a lot about creativity and, and I just loved, I uh, loved marketing and I loved, uh, you know, the idea of, of building an audience before I even I, I joined the, the real estate industry um, back in about 20, uh, 2003 is when I, I started working in real estate as a property manager and with the idea to move into sales at some point in time, um, learn as much as I could about the real estate industry as a property manager and move into a sales position with a bit more comfort that I, I knew what the industry was about, but with a solid grounding in you know, how a real estate business runs and um, you know, we all know today what uh, how a real estate business is valued off the rent roll. So that was kind of my background and my starting in real estate. And I fell in love with the idea of marketing and content marketing and and all of these uh, digital marketing strategies where we're bringing people to us rather than that interruption style marketing that was being done in real estate and still is to this day. Um, as a as a musician, it just it was uncomfortable for me. Uh, from a marketing perspective to go and interrupt people and interrupt their day. And I fell in love with the concept of, of those marketing concepts I, I mentioned because it was, it's all about instead of interrupting people's lives, it's about being part of their lives and creating marketing that doesn't interrupt but it engages. And that's how I fell in love with marketing. And we started Steps six years ago and uh, today we get to work with some um some of the best real estate brands and individual agents here in Australia and all around the world and teaching what we know about digital marketing, content marketing, website design and development and uh, all of these strategies that we use to uh, build an audience when it comes to this industry we call real estate. Nice. So before we sort of dig into the nuts and bolts, um, steps today, you're looking after a bunch of clients um, that I know of and, and you know, what makes up the business and, and how you're looking into the, the near future? Well, essentially at our, our core, we're, we're a team of digital marketing advisors. So our role is to, our job and our mission is to help real estate businesses and individual agents run more profitable marketing online. So rather than, uh, you know, relying solely on third parties and, and platforms to uh, execute your campaigns and to market your products and services, uh, our job is to to help do that at a much lower cost. And uh, so that's at our core what we teach. And we build websites for real estate agents. And uh, mostly we work with 
uh, offices and multi multi office franchise groups when it comes to their website design and mapping out a really effective website network um, and and the design of those websites and then we offer content marketing services as well so it's a great companion for a website in real estate where typically the only content going on to those websites is listings, agent profiles, reviews, that sort of thing. Uh, whereas our, our content team create articles and really hyper-local content that sits on those websites and then gets promoted out underneath uh, completely unbylined. And what I mean by that is it's all written under the name of the brand. So it's attributed to the agents within that company. And that's a really great way of pulling in traffic to a real estate website that wasn't coming there for listings, had no interest in agents or property. Uh, it's just a great way of bringing uh, homeowners into your website. And that's um, that's a huge part of our business, Sean. So um, we write content for some of the best agents in the country and, and some really prominent brands. It is undoubted that there is a theme that runs through everything that you say and you write and you uh, put out into the world. And that is, it's all about your website and investing in your own assets rather than these other assets, why? Well, I'll, I'll go back, Sean. I'll, I'll go back in the 90s. And anyone who, uh, well, for anyone who's under the age of 25, um, we're going to tell you about the olden days, right? So in the 90s, uh, there were only a few channels that, that you as a real estate business could market your listings and market yourself, quite frankly. There were only a few channels. So there was, there was TV, radio, print marketing, display advertising, billboards, bus stops, things like that, um, the telephone, uh, you know, and events if you were running events as well. If we fast forward into the, the early 2000s, we started to see the birth of the internet. So we had Yahoo developed uh, banner advertising before Google did. Um, and then obviously we had uh, Google take over in the ad advertising space online. Uh, Realestate.com and domain in the early 2000s or 2000. 2007 um, uh, I could be wrong with those dates forgive me but the and then we had the birth of social media with myspace in 2004 for those of you who have my vintage uh, will remember myspace 2007 uh, Facebook came along and obviously myspace took a back seat to them and then we started to see the growth of online video and um, you know we now we've got amazing platforms like open agent and all these other review platforms and the major real estate portals and the list goes on and on of subscriptions that a real estate business has to all of these third parties. And I always ask the question, has that made marketing any easier? And I would argue that it has in some ways. Mm. It's allowed us to reach an audience that we used to have to pay for access to. So back in the 90s, we used to have to pay for the privilege to reach the audience through a TV ad or a radio ad or a print uh, you know, newspaper ad. But now with these digital tools, we can reach that exact, exact same audience ourselves if we know what we're doing and if we're using those tools to our advantage. The problem, by and large, in, and this doesn't just speak to real estate, uh, this is all industries, we, we tend to be so busy listing and selling property that a new product comes along or a new social media platform or a consultant comes along and says, I can do all of this for you. And we just throw money at it. We don't take the time to just stop for a second and learn how to use some of these technologies ourselves to insource 
essentially our digital marketing a little bit more. So the reason why, get, now going to the website question, the reason why the website is so important is because all of those third-party platforms that I mentioned, and that list is exponential, where we have a presence online today, there is no other platform on the internet other than your website where you're not competing for attention. So when you're on Facebook, you've got people's friends and family, the sporting team that they follow, the causes that they support, uh, and there's lots of them going on at the moment and lots of different um, um, uh, causes and, and charities that are being um, thrown around through social media at the moment. So that's what you're competing for attention against. You're not just competing for attention against real estate agents there. It's, it's all those other things. Funny cat videos, the Kardashians, you name it. Uh, if you go to the major property portals, you're competing against other agents, other listings, and the vested interests of those major property portals as well. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't be on those platforms. What I'm suggesting is that you're competing for attention against a lot of things. But if you can drive lots of traffic to your website, suddenly there is no competition for attention. You, you are it. You're, you're the only person and the only thing that people are paying attention to. And in marketing today, if you can keep someone's attention, that is a, that is a weapon that you cannot um, underestimate the power of. Yeah, it's a miracle in some senses. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So on the website topic then, what is the difference between, and I'm sure you've seen heaps, but what's in a nutshell the difference between a great agent or agency website and a poor one? The first thing, it's pretty clear, to, you'll know very quickly, when you land on a homepage of a website, you'll see who they're prioritising. And what I mean by that is most real estate websites here in Australia are prioritizing buyers and renters. And the first thing you see is search for a property to buy, search for a property to rent, search all of our properties. Now, here in Australia, we work for the vendor and the landlord. Um, yes, the, the doesn't discount the importance of buyers and, and renters, uh, you know, as our customers, if you will. Um, I've heard a couple of people reference them as customers, clients are your vendors and landlords. But if your website isn't prioritizing vendors and landlords, then you're missing a really big opportunity because the majority of buyers and renters are not coming to your website. They're going to the major property portals and that, that genie is out of the bottle. We're not putting that one, uh, you know, the cork back in that bottle. So let the buyers and renters go where they're so naturally driven to and where they're comfortable in going turn your website into a lead generating machine for vendors and landlords. So you'll see very quickly, and you can have a look at any of the websites we've built, you'll see a pretty common theme, is that even the, the order of the navigation items, the call to action on the homepage, the calls to action throughout the website are very much focused on generating vendor leads and landlord leads because that is who, that is how we make money in real estate, getting more of them. Nice. So plenty of call to actions that are focused on the people that make you money in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a couple of other things, you know, te technical things, um, Sean, that we could talk about. Um, one of them being, well, first of all, you, you can tell pretty quickly uh, if a real estate website's successful by how much traffic it drives and um, has it got regular content being posted to it. So if you've got a blog article that's the last time, the last blog article in your blog on your website was March 2015, it's probably not doing you uh, all that well uh, to be uh, showcasing a blog on your website. Mm. Um, and the average real estate website in Australia gets 800 
to 1,200 visitors per month. That is the normal. That is the average according to Google's benchmarking tools. And uh, so if you're getting 800 to 1,200 people per month to your website, you, you're part of the average. What we see the really successful businesses doing, if you're just an individual office, we're talking 20,000 plus. If you've got five or more offices, 50,000 plus um, wow. people per month. So yeah, traffic to a website is a pretty good sign whether it's successful versus an average one. Nice. So we are very much in the same space as, as all people out there trying to grow and, and find more customers and that sort of thing. And so uh, we try to use every opportunity to get a piece of content and then share it with agents and provide value. And so that's what I'm going to do in this next question. So there's what are three pretty easy fixes that you would be able to provide to an agent or agency or principal that they could look into making to their website today relatively easily that would improve their chances of getting more visitors, more conversions, more leads? Sure. Well, the first thing is knowing where you sit right now. So in, in what I mean by that is the numbers. If you, what gets measured gets managed. We've all heard that saying. And the same thing goes with your website. Um, so the first thing is make getting, getting across where your analytics are right now and not, not diving into the numbers, you know, bounce rates and uh, exit pages and funnels and all that. Forget all that for a second. All we want to know is how much traffic we're getting, how long are people spending there, and what's our return traffic? So I ask this question in our sessions all the time. Who's got Google Analytics installed? And we'll get a few people who are in the marketing team usually put their hand up. The principal kind of gives them an eye and says, do we? Um, because they've never seen the report. And then yeah. you then you ask, well, who doesn't have Google Analytics installed? And a few people put their hand up. And then I ask the question, who doesn't know if they have Google Analytics installed? And virtually half the room puts their hand up. So here's we, we need to get real about this. If, if we're going to take our digital marketing seriously, we need to take the numbers seriously, just like we take our sales ratios, our list to appraise, our appraise to sell, like all those ratios that we talk about in real estate, we need to look at our website as a, essentially another agent and we mm. need to know the numbers uh, before we can improve anything. So my first tip would be to get Google Analytics installed if you haven't. Ask your marketing team or uh, your web developer, whoever looks after that for you, I want to know how many people have been to my website in the last 30 days. Just measure it. Last 30 days, how many people have gone there? How long are they staying there? What's our average time on page or time on site? And also, um, what's our return percentage? So how many, if we get 1,000 people to our website a month, what percentage of those 1,000 people were there the previous month? And that'll quickly tell you whether your website is, one, getting a decent amount of traffic, two, uh, that, that it's, uh, it's, it's, people are sticking around, so your time on page will tell you that. And also, uh, how many people are coming back? Because if people aren't coming back, where are they going? Are they going to your competitors? Are they going back to Facebook? Are they uh, going to the major property portals or a review website with those other agents? So those three things uh, very quickly will tell you where you sit right now. So that's number one. Number two would be to make it hyper-local. So this is something that it's not all that difficult to do, Sean. But yep. so many people, when they build a website, they spend so much time picking photos and videos that have nothing to do with their business or their market. They go to Shutterstock and they download a whole bunch of, um, you know, the cheesy corporate, you know, thumbs up group of people, you know, shaking hands or handing out keys. And everyone, everyone's laughing probably right now because 
they know it's true, right? So yeah. make <laughs> make it hyper local. Make it about your market. So before you do anything, if you're creating a website right now, go and do this. If you have already got a website right now, still go and do this. Build a library in Google Drive or Dropbox of pretty much three things. Local landmarks or aerial shots, so photos or videos of things in your community so that when someone goes onto your website, instantly they make a connection. They're like, oh, that's... um, you know, the markets or that's the such and such a street or that's the roundabout down on, you know, such and such. It makes enormous difference to how the community connects with your brand mm. when they feel like you get them, you get the local market, you're part of the fabric of that community. Nothing does that better on a website than really good hyper-local imagery. Don't go and steal it from Google Images. Go and get your photographer to go out for a day and just get some really nice photos and video. Make sure it's original. Um, that's my tip number two. Number three would be if you're sending people to your website, uh, if you're sorry, if you're not sending people to your website right now because you're ashamed of how it looks or the listings don't look quite right or there's a lot of people running Facebook ads right now and sending traffic to the listings on, uh, you know, the major property portals. If you're spending, if your vendors are spending money on Facebook advertising and you're not sending that traffic to your website, then that's, that probably means that you're ashamed of your website or you, you, you may not really, uh, you, you may need a redirection in strategy. But if you're not driving people to your website right now and you're ashamed of it, go and rebuild it. It's mm. time for a complete rebuild. Very nice. That's awesome. All those things I think are universal as well. I can't see where they wouldn't be relevant for any agent or agency really. Sure. Yeah. And, and a lot of these things really, Shauna, they, they apply to any industry. Um, you know, it's not just real, real estate is where we play. That's the only industry we work with, but they kind of relate globally. Um, and these are, you know, these are things that we found from traveling all over the world, learning from businesses outside of real estate. It's a global thing. It's a, you know, it's not just relating to this industry. Yeah. So we probably already covered it in some sense, but if I said, right, Josh, you seem like a great guy and you've got a great business. I want my agency to grow like everybody mostly does, um, how would steps help us? What would sort of be the, the process you'd take us through? The first step is having a look at the website. And that is, you know, I keep harping on about it, but it's, it is such an important tool. Um, and that's where everything will start and everything should end. So if you're posting all your listings and your content to your website and it's not configured correctly, it's like you're pouring a, and you're getting lots of traffic, it's like pouring water into a bucket and there's holes in all throughout the bucket, right? So making sure that the website is configured correctly is the first step. And if it isn't, then we need to make those changes because there's no point in spending money on Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn posts, Instagram, all that sort of stuff, driving traffic into your website if you've got a leaky bucket. So the website has to be configured correctly, focused on vendors and landlords, calls to action in all the right places, uh, making sure it's integrating with your CRM, you know, attaching contacts to property records, all all the technical stuff, making sure that everything is plugged in correctly before we do anything else. So that's the first step. The second step is how do we create social ad campaigns for listings? That's usually the first type of content that a real estate business has. If you're not creating blog articles, you haven't quite got the budget to invest in content creation right now, 
or you don't have someone in your business that can create articles and consistently, and when I say consistently, at least once a fortnight at a bare minimum, then you've got listings and you can promote those listings and your vendors want you to promote those listings and they want you to make it stand out among all the other listings in the market. So you have an opportunity to do that by creating social media ads. And I think you've had some guests on your show that have talked about this a little bit, Sean. Yep. Setting up a Facebook ad and doing it properly means sending it to your website where you can generate the inquiry there. And there's a lot of talk about pre-portal and off-market or silent listing uh, campaigns right now. And there's a reason for that is because it, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to generate a lead on your website than it is to go with a, a full campaign on all these other portals. It's not to suggest that you shouldn't still, you should do every property off market. I'm not suggesting that, but absolutely it's a, it's a great way of bringing people into your website um, who are one interested in the property that you have to sell right now. And two, they could also be a potential seller who are just wanting to check you out. Yep. So social ad campaigns right now, uh, I, I liken it to having more signboards in your local market than any other agent. You're just doing it in the newsfeed on Facebook. It's exactly the same thing. And last but not least is making sure that there's a regular email newsletter that you're sending out. And a lot of people think, oh, the newsletter's dead, email's dead. And the people who say email's dead are the people that are sending spammy emails, Sean. So mm -hmm. email is usually the first thing that people check in the morning. They delete all the crap and then they'll just read the stuff that's relevant to them. And your consumers, your buyers and sellers are exactly the same. So making sure that you have a regular email newsletter with hyper-local content, uh, making sure that it's not all about properties. Don't just send listing alerts to everyone all the time. Add some content about the local market, some news that, um, and, and you, you absolutely want that traffic on your website as well. So get your website right. Social advertising campaigns for as many listings as you can driving traffic into that website. And, a, and an email campaign that is at least once a fortnight with some really good hyper-local content, not just listings, that's driving traffic back into your website as well. So if you've got it configured correctly, your Facebook ads and your email are going to drive all the traffic you need. And if your website's configured correctly, that traffic's going to convert into leads. Unreal. That's super valuable. So we're getting, we've ticked all those boxes and we're getting some good traffic to our website. We're starting to get some leads through. That's all good and well. Um, but what about the next step? You sort of alluded to CRM integration. Is that where step sort of taps out and it becomes, you know, the responsibility of, of the sales manager or, or do you guys also get involved in assisting with converting leads? We, we don't get into... Um converting but we get into following up whether they've converted so yep. uh if we've generated we had a client in sydney we launched a website for a couple of weeks ago in the first four days um uh their website had generated three vendor leads just off organic traffic through some promotions that we were running for her and um yeah so straight away within a week she had three people in um in sydney who were looking to sell their property on their website so it's um uh Here's the thing, Sean. I had a call just last week from an agent who said, um, I've been running some ads through this consultant. This consultant ran some Google ads and Facebook ads for me and generated some leads for me. You know, I paid them X amount of dollars and I want to do that myself because I was paying him X amount of dollars. And I said, well, what, why, why, are you, why do you want to do it yourself? 
And he said, oh, I think I can save some money. And I said, well, how did the leads go that he generated for you, this consultant, this marketing guru? And he said, oh, the three leads that he generated for me within a couple of weeks, I just didn't follow them up fast enough and they went to market with another agent. And I, I, I said, for, you know, I said, look, well, I don't know if doing this yourself is the problem or saving some money is the problem. I, think, I don't think you have a lead generation problem. You, had a, you have a lead conversion problem. So the first thing, right, in any lead generation strategy uh, with digital marketing is to pick up the phone, right? Like it's the best lead conversion tool still. And there's a lot of, you know, I'm 35, I think, um, last time I checked. And, you know, I'm not that old, but I'm not that young. And a lot of these younger guys that, are, um, that have grew up with social media believe that um, social media and video ads and lead, Facebook lead ads and all, all this stuff, right? If, if you are looking at high value clients and high value uh, relationships, the phone is still the best conversion tool, hands yeah. down. Like you talk to any great agent in any market, regional, metropolitan, selling, you know, writing $4 million a year or $100,000 a year. It doesn't really matter. The phone is still the best conversion tool. So um, getting leads is one thing, you're right. But the plan of attack to engage with those leads when they come in is to pick up the phone and give them a call and build a relationship. And there's a friend of mine uh, who's in the prof tech space uh, who, you know, he, he, I'm not sure whether he coined the phrase, but he uses it a lot. And I love in a race to relationship, right? So the, the agents who are, building relationships the fastest with the community are the ones who are, going to, who are going to win. And there's no better way to do that than when a lead comes in, all the digital marketing has worked. It's now your job to pick up the phone. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about brand. Talk to us from your perspective about how an agent manages their brand versus the, the agency brand. And and how do they sort of strike a balance there? I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different for every individual. Um, but what's your advice to agents in that space? Yeah, I think you're right. It is it is pretty different. I think it depends on the tools and support that the agency is providing, first and foremost. So you've got business models um, on both sides, ones that, that put the agent at the forefront of the brand and others who, uh, you know, the brand is is... They want the agents to market the brand before themselves. And um, I don't think there's any, you know, there's a growing trend towards the the former. So, you know, agencies that are putting the agent first and foremost. So companies like the agency here in Australia, um, prior to that was, I guess, Remax was one of the first agencies around the world to do that, you know, offer that model. In America, you've got Compass. Uh, some of your viewers might be familiar with Compass and how that works. So I, I think there's room there's enough business in this world for both models. Um, we just sold our house with an agent who uh, the agent is not the hero of the, at the forefront. They don't have Facebook pages and um, websites for all their agents. The brand and the office is the brand. And um, we sold our property in 24 hours off the sign. Someone walked past the house and, and paid full asking price in the matter of 24 hours. So um, yeah, I think there's enough room for both models, but there are, Essentially, uh, you know, when it comes to marketing the agent and putting the agent ahead, the business business models like that have to make sure, have to make sure that they are offering those agents the tools, the digital marketing tools that they need and the support and the coaching 
to facilitate that business model to its best. And there's a, a few business models, a few, few businesses uh, where agents have, have come to us and said, look, we want to do, do all this digital marketing stuff. We want to run Facebook ads. We want to drive traffic to our website. We want to put blog articles on our website. But the infrastructure isn't there. We, we don't know how to do it. Our website, we can't upload blog articles to. Uh, our profile on our website doesn't have our articles or our listings or our reviews. So both business models, I think, work, but it's up to the business owner and the, the people at the top of that business to really make sure that the agents have the tools that they need to perform at their best and constantly, constantly look at what tools are coming up or what strategies are being used and plug them in as soon as possible. Otherwise, those agents are looking for third-party providers. They're looking at other businesses who are offering those tools. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think there's room for both models, Sean. But I think it comes down to making whoever's at the top of that business offering the tools to the agents uh, to help them perform at their best. So perfect segue, really. Let's talk about tools. Um, how does Google stack up in terms of importance? I noticed it wouldn't. It wasn't one of the first things you suggested you'd do if you were going to help my agency to grow. Um, probably because it's maybe a longer form type of a tactic. Um, you know, wh where do you see it fitting and, and how much attention should an agent or agency be paying to Google? Yeah, a lot of attention, um, uh, much more attention than what the industry is paying at the moment. And mm. for a couple of reasons, but the reason, here's, here's what I, I want to share some statistics with your, your viewers, right? To, to argue the point that Google is one of the most important digital marketing platforms on the web right now for a real estate business. First things first is that, that, a huge amount of people in your market right now, in every market in Australia, Google is the first place they go when they're ready to sell. They're going to Google, they type in real estate agents, insert a suburb after that, and they hit search. 75% of those people, 75% of the people that go to Google to make that search will click on the first three results underneath all the ads, underneath the maps, and the results for most real estate businesses in this country is the major portals and the review platforms. It doesn't have to be that way, Sean. It, we are absolutely in the box seat to win that game. It is not a difficult game. A lot of people think, I can't beat the major portals and these third-party platforms on Google. You absolutely can for one very important reason is that you have an office in your local market and they don't. So Google will prioritize local businesses who are investing in getting people to their website, getting their Google My Business profile set up correctly, getting lots of Google reviews. So if yeah. you're not doing those things and you're getting reviews on another platform solely, you've got, or you don't put any effort into Google reviews at all, you're not going to compete in those top three search results. If you're not driving lots of traffic to your website, you're not going to compete in those first three, first three search results. So with all of those people going to Google, I would absolutely want them on my website because they are ready to sell. Like they want an agent right now or they're at least in their consideration phase where they're, well, these are the top three agents on Google. So I'm just going to invite those three into my lounge room and talk to about selling my house. So every real estate agent's mission or every real estate business's mission should be to be in those top three search results under the ads and under that uh, under the map with the with the brands on that map so with all of those people going to google that's why google is so important is because still a 
I'm going to I'm going to make an educated guess here. The majority of homeowners who are ready to sell, who don't have an agent in mind, or um, don't know someone who aren't referred to an agent, they're going to Google. They're going to Google first, and they're going to the websites in the first three search results second. So you absolutely want to be in there. Yeah, unreal. So um, on one of your recent blog posts, you talked about how you can increase your rankings on Google. I mean, to all the viewers and agents out there, there is just a ton of free advice in Josh's blogs. I go there all the time personally. Thank you, Sean. Um, And I'm not even a real estate agent. So I was wondering who that one visitor was to our blog. Uh, Now I know. So seriously, check it out. But for the viewers today, if they haven't read it yet, um, can you run through those top three things they can do to improve their, their rankings? Sure. So these are things, first and foremost, that you can do yourself. Most of, most of it you can do yourself. And you don't necessarily need your marketing person or um, uh, your, your consultant or web developer to do this. So first of all, I'm going to assume that your viewers have Google My Business set up. If they don't or if they don't know, go to Google, type in your company name. And if a big thing uh, next to the Google search results doesn't come up with your name or your brand and your reviews and photos, you need to set one up. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to assume that everyone has one set up. And if you do, there's a a feature inside. If you go into your Google My Business profile and click on the info section, there's a little section there that says service areas. So what suburbs do you service? You can add up to 20. And what what I want you to do is go in and put all of the 20, at least 20 suburbs if you live in a regional area, it's a little bit different. You, you just obviously put in the suburbs that relate to your town. But the reason why that's important, Sean, is if your office is in, say, uh, in Perth, let's say you're in Leaderville, your office is in Leaderville, but you manage and sell properties in East Perth or Subiaco or wherever, right? Putting your service areas into Google My Business is a signal to Google search engines that it's saying, hey, don't just rank me in Leaderville. We also sell and rent property over in those suburbs as well. If someone's searching for a real estate agent or a property manager in those suburbs, we want our website and our agents to appear in a Google search there as well. Now, that is not a silver bullet. You absolutely still need good amounts of traffic to your website and lots of Google reviews to help you rank in those suburbs. But adding your service areas is one really important step and sending a signal to Google that you service those areas. All right. Uh, number two is encouraging Google reviews. So a lot of there's a lot of online review platforms where real estate agents are garnering reviews, getting reviews, and that's pretty much it. They stay there. They live there. That's the only place that they put their reviews. Now, as we were saying before, if the majority of homeowners are going to Google first, would you rather have your reviews as the first thing they see or mixed in with a whole bunch of other real estate agents on a platform that um, has a vested interest in you driving traffic there, right? So absolutely get lots of Google reviews. You, you still want to be on those third-party review platforms, but Google reviews are important for visibility. So people will see you straight away. And the more reviews you have, it's been proven that that's actually a search ranking factor. So um, the more Google reviews equals better Google rankings. That's a a proven fact. Um, But also you should be responding to them, good and bad. Good reviews, bad reviews, it doesn't matter. So if you've got a potential vendor and they go to Google and type in real estate agents Perth 
and they click on your reviews and they see a whole bunch of positive ones and and a few negative ones with no replies at all, then it's kind of like, well, these guys don't really care, mm. right? But if, if they can see you've responded to every review, and I'm practicing what I preach here, um, every review that we get, good or bad, we respond to. And it's from me. It's not from the marketing team, the social media team, Joe in accounting. Like it's it's from me as the business owner. So I take the time to read those and we respond. And when someone clicks on your reviews and they can see you've responded to the good and bad reviews, it tells those people, those potential clients that you care. Some believe that responding to reviews is a Google search ranking improver. Uh, the jury is still out on that. We're not sure whether that's the case, but it says a lot about your brand if you're taking the time to respond to someone that has taken the time out of their day to tell you what they think about your business. And number three is uh, creating suburb profiles on your website. And this is, a, this is a big one. So in our article, we shared a case study of a business in Brisbane who looks after property in a suburb six kilometres away for, or lots of suburbs, but this particular suburb, six kilometres away from their office, they were able to get to position three on page one of Google by simply having a suburb profile on their website about that suburb. So that's a, essentially uh, food for Google to say, oh, okay, these guys are talking about this suburb on their website. Um, they've, they've, they're Google bots. Let's get technical for a second. They're bots or their crawlers have gone through the page. They can see it's a, a suburb profile about this suburb. And they've said they've pushed it up into Google search rankings. And now this office, even though their office is six kilometers away from this other suburb, they're now ranking position three on page one, where before they were not even on the radar, page 10, page 11. So suburb profiles on your website are really, really important as a signal to Google that you, you are talking about those other suburbs uh, on your website. So just one last thing to add on that, Sean. Uh, in that article, if people want to have a read of it, uh, we talked about using some uh, API integrations with different platforms to pull in that data dynamically. So um, you can create a suburb profile. You know, I don't want people to just put a little blurb about the suburb and leave it at that. You have to go in depth. Just putting a little blurb about the suburb, that will not help with Google rankings. Um, but if you go in depth and provide a lot of value on that page, it will absolutely help. Unreal. So just um, I'm just circling back to the, the second point there with encouraging reviews, I'm, I believe it's not a good idea to solicit um, friends and family because they know Google are pretty clever. Is that correct? Well, it's not just Google. It's the general public. Like if, if you've got a bunch of reviews on Google, yeah, I, I wouldn't call on family and friends. And, and I am aware of some businesses that have gone and created fake Gmail accounts to try and game the system. Mm -hmm. There are now more case studies than I can count of businesses that have um, gone and created multiple Gmail accounts to create fake reviews and Google has shut down their Google My Business profile. So now they have zero yeah. visibility on Google. So that is absolutely not the right approach. Um, but soliciting from family and friends, people can tell, like the public aren't stupid. They can tell pretty quickly whether it's a, you know, a um, Mrs. You know, Cobb, for example. <laughs> yeah, look at that'd be pretty obvious. Uh, but yeah, it, people aren't silly. Like we can't play, like I, I hear from people all the time about, you know, can we, 
you know, just do this to our competitors, Google my, like nobody's got time for this. Let's just get real about it and, mm. and just do it properly. And, you know, gaming the system is not going to help you. Yeah. Just do the work. Um, yep. Cool. We haven't got much time left, Josh. So I'm just going to go straight into the rapid fire section, which is just a bit of fun. Um, and, then, and then let's close up. So Elon <laughs> Musk or Bill Gates? I thought about this one and I'm going to cheat and say both. <laughs> any, any justification? Yeah, I think Bill Gates is, uh, he's doing some really amazing things for, you know, the humanitarian Humanity. side of what he's doing. Um, anyone who hasn't seen the documentary, uh, I think it's called Bill's Mind or I think that's what it's called on Netflix. Just an amazing insight into, you know, what he's doing and, and Melinda Gates are doing for, you know, people in, in less developed countries than ours. Um, and, and obviously what he's done with Microsoft over the years, but Elon Musk, I mean, who doesn't love watching rockets take off and land, uh, three at a time? Like that's just cool. Um, so I, I think what he's doing is just incredible. Yeah. Nice. All right. iOS or Android? iOS, of course. Nice. We're on, we're aligned there. Coffee or tea? (laughs) Coffee without question. Yep. Um, Tell us about a brand or someone's marketing that's inspired you. Well, I mentioned before that uh, I, I fly quite a bit uh, in in my job and Qantas. Uh, it's the only airline I fly with. Uh, I'm very loyal to the brand, love the history of the company. Um, you know, they it's not their first pandemic, if you will. Um, and they're, you know, yeah, love the brand, love the history of the company. Their marketing, I think, is just spot on. It's 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 very rarely about them. It's always about their customers, their consumers, their frequent flyers, the people that matter. So, love Qantas. Yeah, nice. Um, favorite junk food? Pizza. <laughs> Same. Um, favorite TV show? TV show or best TV show in your opinion? Uh, Without question, it has to be Seinfeld. Uh, I was a, you know, I was born in the eighties. I've got two older brothers who, you know, I. You ask me anything about Seinfeld, I'm I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to I'll be able to answer it. I'm I love the show. Um, always, yeah, always loved it. Love it. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, and favorite way to relax. Uh, we bought a boat last year, and we're pretty lucky where we live. Uh, I live in Brisbane. Uh, we're surrounded by uh, some pretty amazing islands and dams, and um, so it's a it's a ski boat slash boat that we can take over to Morton Island and spend the day over on the sand with the family. Our two little boys love going on the boat. Um, nothing I love better than packing it up on a Friday night, heading out early Saturday morning, and just having a bunch of fun with the family. Yeah, unreal. That sounds good to me. All right, a couple of questions, then we'll close. Diane's asked, what do you do, it's not an easy one, what do you do if your company policy prevents innovation? <laughs> oh, wow, now we're getting political. Um, prevents innovation. Look, that sounds like a pretty loaded question if I, if I, don't, <laughs> if I, if I may say myself. Our anti-innovation policy, you must sign let's, let's Let's put it this way. If you work in a business where you, uh, there's a bit of a this is the way we've always done it mentality, um, that's, that's, that's not fun to be around, especially given how fast things are changing in, in what we've just talked about, all these topics. Um, what do you do? I think you've got to, you need to, you need to learn as much as you possibly can about these things and do it on your own or leave. They're really the only two options. Um, and that's what I was saying before, Sean, about people at the top of these businesses, if they're not, if you're not providing the tools, the digital marketing tools to your agents so that they can perform at their best, 
they're probably thinking about leaving you. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, trainer asked, and, and probably a good opportunity just to plug uh, where we can find the specific article that covered off on Google and all the rest of the uh, content that, that, yeah. that has gone right. Sure. Just, just jump across the steps, two Ps, uh, steps.com.au. Head across uh, either down the bottom of the homepage or up in the learn section, click on blog, and there's a search bar there. You can search for Google, Facebook ads, content marketing, any topic you like, and hundreds of podcasts and articles, videos. Uh, but the one that we've referenced is, I think, might have been last week or even two weeks ago. So it's not going to be, you won't have to search very far. It'll be uh, right there at the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy to find. So just check out the steps website. I like that you have a double P in your name as we do in ours, even though we get asked about it and why we can't spell weekly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, um, yes. Well, you got two N's. So yeah. 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 It's a name. It's just like Matt with two T's on the end. Um, Also, because you can't trademark open negotiation with the correct spelling. So there you go for everyone asking. All right, there just to conclude, this uh, this webinar I found super valuable personally, but the intent of this Thanks. always is to provide value to our agents and just continue to provide them with that. Um, that's sort of what we're hoping for. So just to close, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to anyone listening who wants to be a better agent? And then uh, if they wanted to follow you or get in touch, how could they do that? First of all, I appreciate you having me on, Sean. I, I, I really uh, have enjoyed the chat. Um, what I would end by saying is regarding what we've been talking about today with marketing, with digital marketing, with the internet and promoting yourself, your listings, your content, I think we've got an opportunity right now to, as an industry, to get smarter about this stuff. And for a long time, we've, we've kind of left it to other people to do it for us because we've been list, busy listing and selling. But I think now is the time to get curious about these things. And um, instead of just going to a conference about real estate sales and scripts and dialogues and all that sort of stuff, that's important, obviously. But we've got to get curious about this digital marketing stuff because there's a lot we can do on our own with not a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of time to do this stuff when you know what starts off as a job becomes a skill. And when it comes to digital marketing, with a little bit of learning, podcasts to listen to, articles, blog articles to read, Shows like this where we're talking about it to the industry, we've got to get curious as an industry if we want to take back control of it. And here's what I always say is that, you know, these, these big media companies that sell us all these subscriptions and do all these things, they're important as part of the, the marketing ecosystem in real estate, but they're not the only solution. And we as, they didn't bank on us getting smarter about it as real estate professionals. So I think now is the time to get smarter about digital marketing and all these things we've spoken about today and putting into practice some of this stuff yourself mm. rather than outsourcing everything and you know getting upset when the results don't flow. At least you're going to learn, you're going to understand the process so that if you ever do work with a third party, you know exactly what you're asking about and how to get the best results. So I think that's a really good place to start. Unreal. And uh, the people can, do you, do you have a podcast, I believe, personally or something of that nature? How do they, how do they find you or connect with you? Yeah, jump across to steps.com.au and send us a message. Josh at steps.com.au is my email. My number is on our website. You're more than welcome to give me a call if you want to shoot the breeze. Um, one of the things that we're working on at the moment, Sean, if you don't mind me making a shameless plug for, is an online 
learning platform. Um, it's something that I know, I was, I was just talking about people getting curious. Um, we're certainly building a platform to make that a little bit easier with some courses and online training. Um, so you can jump across, subscribe to our website. Just your email is all we need. And we'll let you know exactly when that's uh, coming to the fore. Uh, but they can consume all of our content on our website, get in touch and um, yeah, tell us what they're up to. Fulfilling the rhetoric by sending people to your website. Good man. <laughs> all right, Josh, thanks a it. lot. Um, we'll leave you to it and we'll speak to you soon.